This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. This is the true story of a New York City boy with big town hopes and small neighborhood dreams of becoming BFFs with the Real Housewives and other Bravo celebrities. Then, one day, that dream actually came true. Let me take you behind the velvet rope. Hey guys, this is David. Welcome back behind the velvet rope. How is everybody doing today? We are joined in quarantine today. Um, in speaking to someone in Greenwich, Connecticut, the one and only Anna Rothschild. How are you? I am actually quite good today, David. How are you? Do you love my introduction of you? I do, and I love you. You're awesome. Very excited to be here today. To be um, in my room. <laughs> I was gonna say, where is this that you're calling from? And you're, you're. I can't really see the background. Uh, let me see. I'm it looks not, nice. Can you see the pond behind um, me? Uh, yes. Okay. Oh my so, god. Yeah. So we have deer and geese and turtles, frogs. We got all the animals going on here. In Greenwich. Greenwich, Greenwich, Connecticut, so close to New York, but yet oh so far away. Oh, it's the best thing ever. I mean, I'm I really have the best of both worlds, even in normal times where it's only 45 minutes to Greenwich, 30 minutes at night if there's no traffic, and I can get in and out of the city quickly. And I still have a huge house in the country, which is lovely. So, and especially during this very difficult time, I have to say I'm quite happy to be here. Maybe when I'm an older woman, I will. I mean, I'm old, but maybe when I'm <laughs> older, it's not like I'm saying I'm young. And any, maybe I'll, maybe I'll retire in Greenwich. I could see that. It's beautiful here. It's not bad. Um, now, how has your quarantine been going? Well, it's been challenging at times. I mean, we've all been locked here, locked in about six weeks now, twenty-four-seven. So it's challenging. I mean, even though it's a big house, it's still, you know, people being together 24-7 in different uh, personalities. So it's a lot. <laughs> I mean, listen, everyone, a lot of people tell me that I'm lucky to be all by myself. I don't necessarily feel that way at all times, but I feel that way a lot. I have to be honest. I mean, I think, you know, and the grass always looks greener on the other side if you're with a bunch of people and people along great of course being alone looks awesome and then if you're alone and you're lonely you're like oh my god I, was, I wish I was in a house with a lot of people so you know either one has its challenges right I think so now should we talk about what you do for a living I like always someone to tell a little bit about what they do sure well I'm a publicist I specialize in restaurants and celebrities I've done a lot of PR for nightclubs for apps and number of other things but I, I specifically concentrate on nightlife restaurants, celebrities and how are the restaurants going to be after all of this well I can tell you right now I have frozen all accounts for restaurants right now clearly because they can't afford to pay a publicist right now I think it's going to be a very very challenging situation when they reopen number one I feel that I mean I've been doing restaurants for about 17 years now and I know that even meeting their payroll from month to month is often challenging for them. Um, and sometimes vendors get paid late and, you know, and that sort of, sort of things. Uh, sorry about that. Uh, but I think that if their stipulations of opening are going to be 30 to 50 percent capacity, I personally can't understand how restaurants are going to stay afloat. I mean, they still have the same rent to pay. And maybe slightly less staff if they're going to have less people. But, I mean, the, the overhead is massive in restaurants. I mean, I have restaurants that are paying $120,000 a month for rent. Not to mention all the, you know, all the other uh, expenses that go along with it. Especially me. No, I'm just... <laughs> so, Obviously, you don't come free. Yeah, I did hear that Tao Group is now not going to reopen until next year. 
because obviously they have figured out that it's futile to try to open it, you know, 30 to 50% capacity, they, they won't be able to cover their expenses. So I don't know how that works out with their landlord, but. So what is yeah, that? I think, like the I restaurant think, Tao and like the dream hotel, all that, anything with Tao is not going to be open. Not open until next year. I just know the restaurants. I don't know. I mean, the dream hotel is in by Vikram Chatwal and they have a partnership with him in the dream hotel. So I, I don't know anything about the, the hotel opening or not opening, but um, yeah, I mean, the whole thing is going to be, you know, quite interesting to see how the landscape is going to land. And also, I think a lot of restaurants that were hanging on by a thread to begin with, obviously are not going to be reopening. I think it's going to be really, really difficult for them to find new investors to stay open. I think the great majority of restaurants are probably not going to reopen. That That's my guess, but... I mean, this is a, an unprecedented time, so it's hard to say, you know, exactly what is going to happen. That's just an educated guess. Wow. Well, let me tell you what needs to reopen in no particular order. A, the Regency. Let's just start <laughs> with the Regency. It oh needs to God, reopen. We need, Harry, we need to hang out with Harry and Tom, obviously. So I'm like having my withdrawal, sweetie. You? I mean, Tom has been my best friend for almost 20 years, and Harry's been one of my dear friends now for about 30 years, so I miss them desperately. Oh, we're going to talk about Tom and Harry. Guys, Anna isn't here just, I mean, she's the best PR that there is, but she's not just here because she's a PR maven. She's here. She has deep ties to Harry and Tom and lots of others, so we're going to get into all of that. And Omar's downtown needs to reopen. God, I mean, if it doesn't reopen, I'll be devastated. It's like, it's my new favorite place. And as you know, you and I were there on uh, on Valentine's Day, and that was just amazing. I mean, Omar, the god of nightlife. Uh, unbelievable. So Sutton Strack, one of the new Beverly Hills housewives, one of my new BFFs, she, she just came on our show. She posted a picture with Omar today, just like a throwback. And I was wow. like, I, I commented and I was like, best Valentine's ever. We had so much fun. Oh, oh my, God. my God. It was so fun. I mean, all the, the burlesque dancers and singers and band. And the, I mean, he, he really knows his stuff for sure. Honey, we were dancing on the bar. Like it was 1980. <laughs> on the <laughs> bar, on the table, on the big heads. On the, <laughs> I mean, what were we not dancing on? I'm like yeah. every place in New York should allow you to dance on the fucking bar. Like, come on now. Well, I can tell you I've danced on most bars in New York. <laughs> Obviously. Whether they like it or not. No, I'm just joking. Obviously. Yeah. But, oh, and Bib needs to open in Cafe Carlo. Those are the four. I'm, that's all I need. I know. We need Bill Bouquet for sure. I mean, that's my favorite place. I love Bill Bouquet. I love Omar's. And I can't even imagine sitting. I mean, let's think about this scenario. Can we imagine sitting in Bill Bouquet? Everybody six feet apart, social distancing. And the restaurant is at 30 to 50% capacity. And everybody's wearing masks and, and rubber gloves. I mean, no. how is that going to work? We're going to no. put on makeup and our mask. And then how are you going to eat food if you need to mask on? So Honey, I'm not eating after this. I need to sip my fucking martini. Like, how am I going to sit my martini with my mask? Really, this is an honest-to-God true question. What am I supposed to do? Uh, about what? About your eating? Drinking when I have on glasses and a mask. Take the gla like, First of all, the glasses, I, I, up the, the mask fogs up the glasses. I know. What you're thinking about right now, you're sipping your coffee. What are you going to do? Take your mask off, take a sip, and put it back? I, I really wonder how that's going to work. But maybe they think because people are six feet apart that people can take their masks off maybe but then you have a waiter or waitress serving you that need to be very careful and i don't know i mean this is going to be an interesting new landscape to see you know how how it's going to work and we're going to have to really go down the list and be like who seats outside because i think it's going to start with outside seating oh really is that that's what i I think like outside, but like none of the plate, the Regency doesn't have no outside seating, nor are they able, that's not set up for that. It, it's not, but I wonder, I mean, the whole thing about outside seating in New York City with restaurants is they need to get a permit for it. So yeah. when you think about like um, Logaloo, I think they have outdoor seating. Obviously Nello's does, Bar Italia, those ones up Madison. I mean, I'm just talking about the ones on the Upper East Side, obviously. Um, I mean, they all have permits, but I wonder if they can expedite permits for people to have seating outside. Like, I mean, the Regency is on a sidewalk just like Nello's is, and they just never bothered to get the um, to get the permit for it. But I wonder if they'll make exceptions or expedite things if that is how they're going to start. 
I, I mean, it remains to be seen. And oh, I feel okay. like it's going to be one of the best days of my life when restaurants reopen, even at partial capacity. We're going the first day. We are going oh. the first day. Oh, I know I am. The wait is over. That's right. Season five of The Kardashians is here. Just when you thought life couldn't get any faster, they're punching it into overdrive. Chris, Courtney, Kim, Chloe, Kendall, and Kylie are back and continue to defy expectations in all their endeavors. So get ready to go behind the glitz and glamour of the most iconic family on television. The all-new season of The Kardashians premieres May 23rd, streaming on Hulu. (laughs) We'll we'll all be there. Now, how'd you decide to get into PR? Like, when did that start? And and where'd you grow up? Uh, okay, I'm from LA, so I'm a California girl. And, I don't think yeah, I knew that. Yeah, so I was born and raised in LA, and I came to New York to go to college at like 19, and got married, had babies, blah blah blah. And then later, when my kids were, you know, pretty much grown, um, I was doing a reality show for Oxygen, and they had come to me and they said, "We'll promote anything you're doing on the show." And I, uh, my friends got together. So a friend of mine, um, oh my God, whose name I'm just blanked on. He was the uh, director of Ford Models. Uh, God, I'm going to remember nice. for a second. Um, so he came to me and he said, why don't we open a PR company under your name? We'll promote it on the show. I partnered up with Bruce Lynn, who was Peter Gation's publicist and the publicist for Studio 54 and Limelight in the Tunnel. So I partnered up with him and two other people. Um, uh, to start my my PR firm, partnered up with them for a few years. So the deal was I was going to promote it on the show and they were going to do it. But when I was on hiatus from filming, I started going to the meetings and I'm like, God, this is so me. This is just, I mean, people have been telling me for 20 years I should go into PR because I'm very social and very outgoing personality. I'm a very good networker. So, yeah, I partnered up with Bruce Lynn and um, for several years, learned all the ropes, got all the media contacts, and then a few years later went out on my own. So I, I, I love it. I mean, I, it's like I couldn't imagine anything better for, for me. All right, now slow down. This is what happens here behind the Velvet Row. People tell a story and they, I'm like, okay, wait, there's a lot that I have questions oh. on. What the oh, fuck God. oxygen show? Hello? Yeah, it was really bad. <laughs> What what was the name so of this? Bad. It was so bad. I actually hope that I can't remember the name of it because I'm too embarrassed to tell you. It, did it uh, air? It, only, it did. It aired only a few episodes, and even I was horrified watching it. I tried to pull out in the middle of the filming. Um, that turned out to be very problematic. They didn't like that, so there wow. was some legal issues going on because I I kind of figure out halfway through how bad it was going to be so i did pull out it did air a few episodes aired and then it i think after the third episode it didn't even air anymore it was not bad what was the show about i mean we had tori and dean on oxygen it was primarily about me and my life and then um we had a few other characters in it it was many years ago i mean this is like yeah maybe 15 years ago maybe last maybe 10 years ago maybe it was 10 years ago i, I can't remember but um yeah it was it was bad bad, oh, bad. wow i yeah. i i could have been on this show with you this is totally kind of but i was also on another show on the esquire network called lucky bastards with prince lorenzo Borghese. oh that, that i think i remember awesome that show. show that was a great show so, what was that about? i kind of remember this that was about a lot of bachelors in New York City, and I was uh, I was at the time his publicist, so I was on the show as his publicist and doing his events because he has a charity called Animal Aid, where he rescues yeah. dogs all over the country, and he's rescued so many dogs. It's I mean he's one of the most awesome people on the planet. So he and Georgina Bloomberg uh, go around the country rescuing dogs. So I yeah very impressed by that. And yeah, so it's on that show too. And then obviously I've done, I've done multiple cameos on the Real Housewives of New York, as most people know. <laughs> uh, you have, you were on this season in episode one. We saw you at the party, the same party that Elise was at and French fry girl and all my other little BFFs. Mm-hmm. Um, now, well, since you, um, well, before we get into it, do people 
always want to talk to you about your last name. I mean, it's one of these last names that, like, I used to know a Rothschild. She's a horrible human being, but oh, oh, and oh. you're not. But it's she wasn't fair, part you know, of any. Be, let's be honest. It's a very common name, and I think no, I think most people want to speak to me about my business, about the celebrities I represent, about the, you know, as you know, I do a lot of events, a lot. I mean, I do a lot of openings and. I mean, you know, I did the opening with Cuba Gooding Jr. of Marble Downtown before <laughs> before that that situation blew up. I mean, I do a lot of things with celebrities. So generally, people are quite interested, you know, to, to talk to me about celebrities and my events. Who's like the, one of the nicest celebrities that you've ever worked with where you're just like or where you were shocked at how nice they were? I mean, I have to say, Cuba is one of the nicest celebrities I've ever met, and I have worked with hundreds of them, um, and the top A-list celebrities, you know, um, so I would say, honestly, he's one of those down-to-earth, nicest people I've ever met, and yeah, very easy to work with, very, very accommodating, goes above board to do, you know, his job and more. His manager, Pete Chumbekas, is awesome. I mean, so nice. They're really? the nicest people in the business, in my opinion. Yeah. What's the them. situation? You don't have to, I mean, you could mention names, but you don't have to if you don't want to, where someone was just like so out of control. You're just like, that is just the most ridiculous request. Oh, my God. Yes, I did have a client for many years that would request that I lie to the press about things that were very uncomfortable and I could I can't lie to the press I'm a publicist I'm only as good as my credibility with the press so I will never lie to the press so when I have a client ask me that over and over again it becomes very uncomfortable and then they get mad at you that you don't lie to the press for them so yes I've had very very difficult celebrity clients to say the least very lie to, and, lie to the and, press like I've had I'm having an affair so shh Quiet. Well, yes, but I mean, I think what what really happens is I, I do crisis management. So when I'm working with a client like that, often the reason they're in that situation is because they are their own worst enemy. So trying to control somebody that's such a wild card um, often doesn't work out that well. <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah. Now and then you ended up in New York back in the day. Yeah. Just decided to well, come I've been to New York. York at 19. So I've been in New York between New York and London since I was 19. So I lived here, but it was in London five years. I was in Paris two years, Milan two years, and then back to New York, and then back to London three years, and then back here. The back. So I've been back and forth to Europe, but basically London. I've lived in London for half my life. So, and I moved back from London now about a year and a half ago. But so you love New York. I love New York, but I also love London, and I would probably ultimately love to end up there i, I it's really? my yeah it's my favorite place to live i think it's very civilized it's very sophisticated cultured people are very well traveled it's also a very great jumping off point to travel from so mm. you live in london you're in the south of france for the weekend it's an hour and a half flight four hours you're you know in the middle east three hours you can be in morocco i love marrakesh so you know from from london you can go there for the weekend you know with a three-hour flight uh, True. Yeah, and you could go skiing in St. Moritz or Stodd or, you know, everything is a two-hour flight. Everything is a weekend trip from there, whereas from here, I mean, I love New York and I love the Hamptons, but I need a little bit more than that. I don't think I want to, I really think when this is over, I need to live in like three different places. That's really my ideal for life. Yeah. I've decided. And I definitely never need to be home again after this. <laughs> like, you and me after. both. I will we're never gonna stay home. We're going to go on a trip and we're never coming back. We're just going to keep. You tell me where in the day that we're released, I'll be on the first plane. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm like, okay with that. Like, yeah, right. I really Almost don't need gone. that much advance notice. We have a lot of time to wash our clothes, iron our clothes, pack our clothes, and have them ready. The day of, we are like on the door. It's like anywhere I go, anywhere. Unfortunately, it's probably not going to work like that since we're going to do it, open the, you know, reopen the country in three different phases. So I think we'll be lucky to just even at this point social distance with a mask on, which, you know, makes me very happy right now just to even see people with even with a mask. <laughs> and well, none of my clothes fit anyway. So, I mean, I, I'm not going anywhere until I go buy new clothes first. Just FYI. Oh, David, you're it's, so thin. That's absurd. 
I thought I was doing so good, eating pretty healthy, doing my 6 a.m. boot camp, which I started. I had to go to the, yeah, well, it's been like seven. Yeah, it's, I mean, online, like I found something on Instagram. It's like, they do it like live three times a week, but you just press the live story and it's like it's live, even though it's not for you, unless you want to do it on their time. And I just pretend like it's live and I don't stop it and I go straight through. Wow. Yeah. It's, yeah, you know what it is? The first few days I did it, I was so sore. And I'm like, holy shit. Cause I was like, this workout is nothing. Like I would never do this workout in the gym. But then I was sore just cause I think it was things I didn't normally do. But mm. now I'm like on fucking autopilot and I do it and I'm like, this is stupid. I mean, you've been very diligent about staying home. You've been really, really good. And that's great that at least you're getting some exercise. Cause I mean, I find this whole thing very depressing. So I've been doing a lot of baking, <laughs> a lot of baking nice. and cooking because I've got, you know, some of my adult children home and I'm an awesome cook. So if I do say so myself and I do enjoy cooking, I generally cook once a week <laughs> So I'm, I'm out many, many nights a week and, you know, order in or, you know, and I usually cook about once a week or, you know, whatever. Now I'm cooking about six to seven nights a week. So it's a lot of food that I wouldn't normally ever be making. You <laughs> seriously need to to have us all over for a party when this is over. Your house is big enough so we could all social distance in your house. David, the reason I got a massive house was specifically to have all my friends from New York come and visit for weekends. I've got a pool, people, you know, to come on the weekends for the pool because it's 45 minutes from New York. And I wanted to, you know, I have a huge dining room. I wanted to do dinner parties. I mean, the whole reason for this house is for entertaining. So who knew it was going to come in so handy for a quarantine? <laughs> Seriously, I'm like ready. I'm ready. Now, when did you fall in? You know, way back when there was no reality TV. And when you moved here, there was no Real Housewives of New York. Like when, I mean, I know the Upper East Side is, but like who, who was the first person that you met that the world knows from well, New York? Well, I would say probably, um, uh, oh God, my God, I just blanked on her name. Uh, <laughs> Sonia and I have known each other since we were like 19. So we used to go to San Tropez together and party our asses off. So I've known, yeah, I've known Sonia since I was 19. I've known Dorinda since maybe we were like 25 because we both lived in London at the same time together. I met her through Mohammed Al Fayyad, who in Harrods. So I used to fly there on the Concorde. So I flew to London uh, on the Concorde, got straight off the Concorde, went to this party that Mohammed Al-Fayed took me to, and it was Dorinda's party. So I met her at like 25. And, we and you guys just party. hit it off. Oh my God, I love her. I loved her for so long. Like I know you're close with her. Yeah, we, we really clicked and we're still very close. And um, I've known Luann's also since she, she used to be on the show, since before she was on the show, because we have a lot of mutual friends when she was still married and her kids, uh, our kids actually went to the same school. They went to Birchwathen on the Upper East Side. So, um, yeah, and Ramona I had met socially, but I was never great friends with her. And um, I don't think we ever will be great friends, but. <laughs> does <laughs> she remember your name? Fun, but- why, Ramona does she remember your name or does she pretend that she doesn't know you? Oh my God. Are you kidding? Uh, Ramona hates my gut. So, I mean, this has been all over the press. This isn't like, uh, you know, we, we've had very public arguments at parties. So I think she remembers my name. No, we know each other. We are just never, ever going to be friends. So it's, it's all over the press. Really? Like if we yes. Google it, we're going to see this. Well, yes, if you Google it, you will see the huge arguments that we've had in the Hamptons that have ended up in page six and her screaming at me, <laughs> those lovely things. Was this like during the show? No, it wasn't being filmed. It was just, we have, you know, all the housewives, I'm kind of in the mutual circle of all of them. And, you know, we're all in the Hamptons and Upper East Side. So we end up at a lot of the same parties. You know what it is? I do so much preparation sometimes. And since I know you so well, I'm like, it's Anna, we could just chill. Okay, well, now, I mean, I better get on my A game with my research over here. So Ramona Singer has a meltdown when she confronted publicist Anna Rothschild at a swanky Hamptons party and accused the PR pro of tattling about Singer and her ex-husband. What the hell tattle? uh, Because she thinks that I went to the press with the situation of her husband, Mario cheating with a very good friend of mine. And he had been dating her for 
I don't know, a year, year and a half behind Ramona's back. And it was a very, you know, tumultuous situation to say the least. Um, so she blames, she wanted to blame it on me. She said, I broke up her marriage. I yes. did not break up her marriage. Her husband broke up her marriage by cheating, which is highly unfortunate. And I'm sure very, very hurtful. Um, so I, I think that when people are very upset, they're looking for someone to blame. I am most definitely not to blame <laughs> that her husband cheated on her. I mean, and I mean, they were married a long time and they have a child. So I can only imagine how, you know, how hurtful that's got to be. So Does I, that mean- I feel for her. He then since had moved out, they got divorced. He's been living with, he actually lived with that girl for many years. They just broke up um, only about a year ago. He then funny enough, Karma has its way. He actually caught her cheating. <laughs> and then oh broke my God. up with her. <laughs> I know, it's kind I mean, of ironic. Oh, my God. Well, now I don't think this is going to help Ramona like you. I mean, I know you don't <laughs> care, but, like, I don't I think, think Ramona happy. is forever going to hate me, so, um, which is unfortunate. I mean, I'm sure she's a lovely person. I have a lot of friends that are very close with her and adore her, so, um, obviously, we're never going to be close, but I'm sure she's a lovely human being. It's fine. There's people in the housewives that are real housewives that absolutely hate me. And you know what? That's okay. How is that possible? How is that possible? Listen, you know, a lot of people hate me. You want to hear what happened today? Oh, my God. Some, (laughs) Some anonymous troll reached out to one of my housewife friends and DM them through like some pub, like some fake account you know like two with two followers and said how long have you known david he's a social climber uh which i'm not i mean i uh, could get to first of all your business is to make contacts so it's not yeah. social climbing it's actually called working yeah oh, okay. a fucking business and yeah. first of all could you imagine if you were really good friends with someone and you got some like okay thank you for the tip let me go drop my really good friend now and yeah, and then and then the person said, and he releases stuff to the press, um, but she's like, he's known exactly what happens all season on The Real Housewives of New York, like a major secret stuff, and he hasn't told a single person. So there's nothing being released to the press. But could you imagine if someone said like to you about one of your, you'd be like, oh, oh, thank you. L- l- let me go break well, people, up. People accuse me of putting things in the press horrible things in the press that and actually the funny thing about it is that I actually get paid by my clients to put things in the press about them so people that think I'm putting horrible things in the press about people which aren't paying me (laughs) it's completely untrue so I get accused all the time of putting things in the press because I obviously have very close ties to the press being a publicist so but I think a lot of people aren't quite understanding that I'm not a journalist and that I'm a publicist so my job is to be paid to promote my clients in the press, not as a journalist to just write nasty things about people. So, yeah. Yeah, you're not a journalist. Like, you're not the one writing it. I'm not the one writing it. That's not my job. My job is being paid by my client to put things in about them. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I I just still can't believe that if I just Googled you for one second, I would have seen all the, because I have, and everything that comes up is how Ramona... And you basically got into it. And there's pictures of you seven years before at your Christmas party at Valor. Oh, God, that was a long time ago. I feel like that. Yeah, that was one of my clients. So, um, I, you know, as, as you know, I do a lot of events. And I've done a lot of, like, big birthday parties, you know, every year with, like, 600 people that generally end up making the press and, um, and various other things. So... Yeah. Oh, my God. So, okay, so that's, that's you're not going to be friends with Ramona. Was Sonia fun way back then, even when you oh, met her? God, yes. I mean, we had a blast. I mean, she she's still fun. I mean, Sonia, I don't think it's changed one bit. I think Sonia was she's so much fun. 19 as she is right now. And, boy, I think she even looks better now than she did back then. I mean, she really takes care of herself. She's, she's, a, she's definitely a fun girl, as is also Dorinda. Like, I love Dorinda. And you and Dorinda just hit it off and have been friends ever since. Yeah. You know, it's funny. We kind of lost contact for a few years. And then we were at a lunch um, on the Upper East Side with uh, a number of, you know, socialites. And we then hit it off again. And I'm just like, oh, my God, I love you so much. This is years ago, way before she was on the show. So, yeah, we've um, yeah, we've we really have a connection. I think she's really cool. 
Sonia is absolutely positively drop dead gorgeous. I I, I would agree with yeah. that. I think she's oh, just God. like her skin. Yeah, and I had one of the funnest nights of my life out with her in Atlantic City. Like she is like I recommend if someone wants to go out and drink. I mean, we're fun too. I'd I'd recommend us. But Sonia <laughs> is a really good time. She really had is. a lot of drinking nights, to say the least. Yeah, but Sonia doesn't drink for weeks or months at a time, and she goes to spas and she does cleanses, and you know she really, really takes care of herself. And you know she has a drinking night here and there, but who doesn't? But I mean, she looks in. I mean, just drop dead insane. Like I, I mean, I ran to her in the Hamptons unexpectedly, and I was just like, oh my god, she looks so good. And again, I've known her since we were like nineteen twenty, so I'm impressed. That's all I can say. And you know KKB, Miss Kelly Kalor and Ben Simone? I do know Kelly. I do know her. I think she's super sweet. I'm not really close with her. I met her when she was on The Housewives through, um, I can't remember who it was. I, I can't remember at that time. Because as you know, I've done a lot of cameos on The Housewives show over the years. I've done a, yes. a lot of them. So I met her at one of the filmings. We became kind of friendly. She's friendly with a number of my friends. So I see her at a lot of parties. We have some chats and I mean, she, she's very nice. Yeah. Sometimes we uh, text on, on social media. During <laughs> but fashion I'm, not, I'm not really close with her. Yeah. No, but, but I, I saw yeah. during fashion week, that one show. Yeah. That I oh yes. Fred, Fred Anderson's show. Fred yeah. That was with Omar and Kelly and my friend Enrico Bruni who works for Calvin Klein. Yeah. I was supposed yeah. to go to that and now I'm depressed I didn't because Miss KKB was there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I should have gone. But you know what? Fashion week gets really fucking exhausting sometimes. I do know. <laughs> it it's something I dread twice a year, September and February. It's just like ah, I wish it never existed. But I wonder what's gonna happen this year with fashion week. Oh, that's gonna be very interesting. But I mean I guess I mean, so they're saying with this virus, things are going to die down, um, you know, during the summer and things will flare back up, you know, when the flu season comes, which is, I guess, fall, winter. So next uh, fashion week is September. Yeah, but that's very crowded in. So I really wonder, I mean, yeah, it's packed. I mean, you are packed to the gills, front row, like touching shoulders. Yeah, I, I, I do wonder how that's going to work. What about some of our other favorites, like Aviva, Heather Thompson, Bethany? Do you know any of them? You don't have to know uh, everyone, Anna. I know Aviva because, you know, as you know, I've been, you know, dear friends with Harry Dubin for over yes. 30 years. And Harry was married to her and has a child with her. Yes. Um, so I know her, you know, superficially through Harry, but I'm not, I'm not great friends with her. Do you know what Harry told me? I mean, he said it on this podcast. It's for everyone can go back and listen. So apparently he brought this lovely child of his one night, which is not a big deal. He brought, yeah, yeah he yeah. brought Harrison to the Regency. I guess it was oh, like- Oh, I was there. I know what you're going to talk about. The when Dorinda threw a shoe at him? Yeah. Um, I, I, I don't think she threw a shoe at him. I, I was there. And um, she was upset that he brought his underage son, I think Harrison was like 17 at that time, into a bar. She thought that was really inappropriate. She did maybe raise her voice. She definitely did not throw her shoe. I think her what happened, you know, it's so funny how things can be taken out of context. I think what oh, yeah. happened is that her feet really hurt. So she was sitting down and she had taken her shoes off. And I think she had her shoes in her hand only because her feet hurt. That, <laughs> and then she, I guess, you know, was talking to him about how inappropriate it was for him to have a son there, and she had her shoes in her hand. She definitely never threw her shoe at him. So I think that was, like, completely misquoted, um, you know, wherever they printed that. So I think they printed it probably in page six. Yeah. The same, the same place it was printed that Ramona screamed at you that you broke up her family, and now we learn that Mario had an abortion, which I'm still... I'm still reading here. I'm still reading in my phone about you. Uh, okay. Yeah. See, uh, and people think I'm a social climber and a star fucker. I liked <laughs> you before I knew any of this. I know. Well, um, I liked you too, but um, yeah, there's, yeah, I was there. That, that didn't happen. So I'll just set the record straight for Dorinda. I mean, it's gotta be really hard to be in the public eye and then a small thing happens and then it's completely twisted, you know, in the press. Totally. And, and you know what? I don't disagree with Dorinda, by the way. I don't think a 17-year-old should be at a bar. Even though his son is very grown up and all, like, you know, kids don't belong in bars. 
That's why he's tall. Bad Harrison he's is tall. tall. Yeah, he's tall. He's very good looking. He's very mature. But that still doesn't mean that an underage 17-year-old should be in a bar. <laughs> so, no. I mean, I get Harry loves him and wants to take him everywhere. But, and, you know, guys are a little bit different about this kind of stuff. But, and, and I love Harry. But, uh, sorry, in that instance, I uh, agree with Dorinda. Well, you don't want Harry to miss a night at the Regency now. Come on. Oh, God forbid. God forbid that should happen. I mean, I... Could have imagined walking in there and not seeing Tom or Harry. I mean, People God. ask me if Harry's there every. I'm like, he's pretty much there every night. Yeah, really. Every. Now, when did you? We're gonna get to Tom in a second because we got some things to talk about here. But uh-huh. when did you meet Harry? Like just back in the day, also. Oh my God! I mean, we were in our twenties. I mean, I want to say we were probably like twenty five, and oh we were just in the same social circles, going to all the same parties, and became friends and. I love his sister, Robin, and his parents. And yeah, I mean, we just, we just hit it off. I think he's really cool. I I do really adore him. I love Robin. Harry, I mean, everyone always asks me what he's like. He truly is a really nice person. I think he's much nicer than I am as like a person. He's a little teddy bear. Yeah. Yeah, he is really sweet. And he tries to help people out. Like when strangers come in, he's like, oh, you need to meet David. He has like, the, he's the leading Bravo blogger. That's what he calls me. He's, he's really good about that. He's very kind about like trying to give people a step up, which is good. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, mean, I think more people should do that. You know what I'm saying? I agree. Everyone <laughs> should introduce everyone to David. <laughs> and Anna, the best PR maven out there. See, that's just because you're in PR and I kind of have a salesy personality. So we get it. Yeah. We yeah. get it. Um, and then Harry was always the same back then, hit on all the, especially blondes that moved. Uh, yes. I mean, you know, he's, he likes the ladies for sure, as does Tom. You know, Tom and Harry, they're quite interesting that, you know, it's funny because they're not best friends and, you know, they're two of my best friends and have a lot of similarities. Um, they definitely both like the ladies a lot. I, I think that, that, um, yeah, that's about all I can say on that situation. All right, now let's talk about the big fish in the room. Tom. No, let's um, let's talk about. Okay, by the way, I'm the one. Let me just set the record straight. I mean, I'm, I'm the one. I'm the one that got uh, Tom and Luann together. I just want to set that straight. I brought Tom on Dorinda's boat years prior to this, before way before she was on the um, on the Housewives show. Okay. And, um, and then it was, by the way, funny enough, I never even thought about Tom and Luann together. So it actually was Dorinda's idea, but I'm the one that actually facilitated it. So I kept telling Luann, you should go out with him. You should go out with him. She's like, no, he's a player. I don't want to go out with him. I'm like, no, he's awesome. And he is, he is a really, really good guy. I said, no, you really should go out with him. So I kept pushing, pushing, pushing. So ultimately I really am the one responsible for getting them together. I'm not saying I'm responsible for them getting married, but I did push really hard for them to get together. Okay. Uh, yeah. And, and let's then... take it. Let's, <laughs> this is like this is like an oxygen reality show. Let's just, you know, let's just slow it down for a minute. Now, this is yeah. before Housewives existed. Yeah. Way back yeah, in the is, day. Yeah. No, this was you know no this was this was during the Housewives when Tom married Luann. Okay, so before Tom married Luann, did Dorinda had a boat? Yes, yeah, Dorinda. Yeah, so we're in the Hutta Hinkley, really beautiful boat. And, and where was this? Like, this was my... in New York City. She used to keep it at one of these docks and really go around, go around the city. And it was beautiful. It was really cool. Um, and yeah, you were going on the boat and you said, I'm going to bring my friend Tom. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you brought him on. Now, did you have any relation? Like, did you date Tom back in the day? Like, did you, at this point, no, you were friends Tom with Tom? And I have always been best friends. We've, like, talked 20 times a day. We spend, like, you know, every minute together that we're not doing other things. I mean, he has since moved to Palm Beach, so things are a bit different now, but, I mean, often you know, when I go down to Palm Beach, like, for his, his birthday's on New Year's Eve, so I go down and stay with him on New Year's Eve, and he usually does a party on a boat or some other really fun thing with 100 people or more or less or whatever, but yeah, so, sorry, did I lose my train of thought here? <laughs> um, no, this is all, okay, so you, okay, that's amazing. So you knew Tom, no really romantic pasts. Correct, yeah. And you uh, and brought your... Him, 
I helped him get together with Luann. Luann thinks that, um, yeah, I don't really know what Luann thinks. Actually, I won't speculate what other people think. All right, so let's just go back. So there's, there's, there's this, we're going to get into what Luann thinks and all this in a minute. So there's this evening, and you are going under in this boat because you're friends with her, and you're like, let me bring my buddy Tom. And yes. Tom's like, sure, I have nothing else to do tonight. Why not? Yeah, it was beautiful. And Tom also has a boat, so he's a big boating person. So Tom has always kept his boat either in the Hamptons or in Palm Beach, so... He loves boats. So when when Jordan invited me in her boat, I'm like, oh, this is a great opportunity to uh, to bring Tom since he loves boats. So, yeah, they got on really well. And John Medesian was there and some of his friends. So um, I think we've all kind of met John before. I mean, I only met John when uh, Dorinda started dating him, but he knew a lot of my friends. And so then they met that night and what? Like she said, he's a player, but then what? They, they exchanged no, 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 numbers. Dorinda... Yeah, I think Dorinda met Tom that night. And yeah. They, they just became friendly, and I'm sure they exchanged numbers. It's normal. Like, but like Luann, did Tom and Luann exchange numbers? No, then this was later, because this was this was about two years before Dorinda was on the Housewife show. So okay. Luann, she had never, Dorinda had never met um, Sonia or Luann, or I don't think she'd ever met any of the Housewives before she was on the show. Um, so at least not that I know of, maybe except she Ramona, she's yeah. new Ramona. Oh yeah. But, I think she knew Ramona. But that yeah. night did Tom and Luann exchange numbers the night that you no, brought Tom and Luann? Oh. No, no, no. They didn't meet until two years later. So I introduced, I had Tom on the boat. He met Dorinda. They became friendly. I think they, uh, Luann wasn't even on the boat. I got Luan, it. Luann was not on the boat. It got it. Two years later when Dorinda just started the housewives, that she, I think she was in Nobu and Tom walked in with some other people and she got the great idea of like, oh my God, I should introduce him to Luann, which honestly, I mean, they were like two peas in a pod. I don't even know how I, I never thought of it because I used to see Luann every day in Sag Harbor. I'd stayed in a house across the water. So and we had all the same friends. And so I used to see her a lot. I don't know. And she also had a boat, by the way, she has a really small boat. So I, I don't know why I never thought of it because they're both very outgoing, very social, very athletic, you know, blah, blah, blah. I mean, they really, really have a lot in common. And um, I, I should have thought of it, but that's why after it was Dorinda's idea, I'm like, oh my God, this makes so much sense. Why didn't I think of this before? So I worked behind the scenes to get them together. And then I think I'm the one that I, so Dorinda only introduced them on the phone. She said, let me get Luann on the phone and you know, blah, blah, blah. And then it obviously um, then turned out that, you know, that I was very good friends with them too. So I pushed and pushed because I do think they were a good match. And this is all from Tom just going into Nobu and Dorinda being like, come over to our table. Yeah. Yeah. But she was, she was, I mean, I, I, she definitely was trying to do a good thing. It's, it's unfortunate that it didn't work out because um, they are so much alike. They are. Maybe the problem was you were too much alike. I don't know. But, yeah, it's I, I think that it all happened very fast. So I was in Bali. All I know is that they had just met. They had just gotten together. I left to go to Bali. I was in Bali for, like, six months. So um, three months in, Tom calls me. He goes, she's moving in with me. No, this is two months after. She's moving in with me. Three months later, he's like, I've got a ring. I'm going to ask her to marry me. I'm like, what? are you kidding me? Like, this is before he told her. And I'm like, oh my God, I can't believe this is all going to happen and I'm not going to even be in the country. And then he, it's so funny. I was sitting in my villa in Bali and I'm watching like E! News or one of these channels that they have in Indonesia and I'm watching across that they got engaged and I called him, I'm like, how did you do this without telling me? Because again, he, he was my best friend. So I was a little upset that that happened without me, but I guess... <laughs> Those things happen. <laughs> He's like, we're away. doing it. So, yeah. right. So he, this was a fast relationship. And then as we saw on the show, they were going to get married. And then Bethany said to Luann, I need to talk to you. It's about, she said, Don't, please let it not be about Tom. Bethany's like, it's about Tom. He was kissing somebody at the Regency. Now this person he was kissing at the Regency, that wasn't you. Or that was that, No, no, no. That was not me. That was an ex-girlfriend of his that has dark hair. That so, wasn't kissing, what, no. But I'll just tell you, 
in Tom's defense, they had had a huge blowout fight, which many couples have, as we know. And he, they had had a very big fight, and he had been drinking way, way too much. And we know, you know, you're drunk, you're angry, your girlfriend walks in, you're like, ah, I'm going to get back to this person. It was a momentary kiss. I mean, it wasn't like he went home with her. And I mean, so I understand that Luann would forgive that. I mean, I think that's not the first time that's happened, but it's not like he had some long ongoing affair with somebody. So, right. Yeah. That it was, it was just, and also, I mean, the girl obviously knows since it's all over the press that he's engaged and, you know, all that stuff. So why is the girl even doing it? How about a girl could also say, no, I'm not saying it's right on his part, but it was wrong on his part. He's the one who's engaged. And I think that was really, really hurtful to Luann. But I mean, I would agree. I, if that, that happened to me and I, if we were in a huge fight and the guy was very drunk and he kissed, only kissed the girl, didn't go home with her. I could probably forgive it, but yeah, nobody should get any ideas out there, but <laughs> listen, it, but it's, it goes back to like why the Regency, the Regency is the most public place possibly. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not really sure it was before, before Tom and Harry. I, yeah. yeah. Because it really was just a very upper East side hangout. And it was like all of my friends that, you know, I've known for like 30 years it's just all the people that live in the hood. So, you know, everybody's there. You walk in. It's kind of like cheers. Like, you know, everybody in there. We're all Upper East Siders that have known each other, you know, forever. So um, I think it became kind of, you know, well-known because Tom was there and that became on the show. And then Harry hangs out there. And, you know, I think that's been in the press. So, yeah, it wasn't like that be before the Tom uh, being on the Housewives thing. That's true, which is like we joke all the time, like they should give Tom and Harry whatever they want at the Regency. And they do. Yeah, they do. Uh, so, yeah. yeah. No, um, I just wanted to talk a little bit about. Um, yes. Let's talk about being single at the time of Corona. Okay, but could we just put that off for three <laughs> seconds? No, because we, we have yeah. to talk about this because, I mean, I'm okay. single. So, okay, I promise we'll move on. Okay. So can I just say one thing? I mean, are you trying to, like, avoid the fact I that... I do know, look, I do know what you're going to ask. Obviously, well, Tom and I getting engaged and that whole thing. Well, um, before we... I mean, I'm just reading the Daily Mail that says <laughs> exclusive Tom D'Agostino and Anna Rothschild. Now, guys, we're talking to Anna Rothschild. Tom D'Agostino and Anna Rothschild celebrate at... Children firehouse hours after his divorce from Luann Deliceps. And here's a lovely picture of you. I know you can't see it through the computer. Oh, I can actually see it. Yeah, that's in London. So uh, so what happened is that he, obviously, I stayed with Tom all the time. He stayed with me in London a lot. He was very, very upset. Now, remember, I'm his best friend. I'm trying to console him. He flew to London because yeah, the divorce was just going to be final and he didn't want to be in the U.S. for it. So we thought... He could get a little respite being in London. Obviously, that we had paparazzi following us everywhere. I mean, they were everywhere. So, um, well, we also had that in the Hamptons, too. And people definitely speculated that we were engaged. And um, I did have a very large ring on that was uh, much, much bigger than Luann's ring, 22 carats. So, so um, the, the, that canary ring, which I saw in person at the Regency, <laughs> that is the ring that Tom gave you. That is a ring that was a gift. That was not an engagement ring. It was a gift. And I could say one thing for sure, that I love Tom. I would love to marry Tom someday, but I don't think that's ever going to happen. And when you were in the Daily Mail, you said, I would love to marry him because he's such a great guy. Maybe one of the most amazing men I've ever met, but the timing isn't right for us at the moment. Mm -hmm. And it says you and Luann travel in the same cir circles on the Upper East Side. Well, that's true. Mm -hmm. Don't we yeah. all? Yes. And all right. So basically Luann and Tom broke up. Then you guys were seen out. You have a ring. I saw it with my own eyes. I see another reason why I'm not a star. I saw it with my own eyes. Well, I, know. I, yeah. I saw it it's the night we met at the Regency. See, and I like you for the right reason. So <laughs> there you go. Yeah. I mean, the ring, you know, was a gift. It's not an engagement ring. It was a lovely gift. So I'll just leave it at that. So that's what Tom and I decided to leave it at. And so, you did not break up Tom and Luann. Oh, absolutely not. I, I absolutely not. No. I mean, I loved them together and I want Tom to be happy. So, 
and I want Luann to be happy. And no, I would never, ever want them. To, I never wanted them to break up. And I was kind of surprised it happened so quickly. Um, and I do think they're both dating other people and have moved on since then quite a, quite a bit. So, um, yeah. So Tom's now been with the same girl, I think, for like almost two years now. In West Palm Beach. And that's where he is. And I've, I've only no, met he's, him. He's, a, he's not in West Palm. He's in Palm Beach. He, oh, excuse yeah. me, Palm Beach. Yes, he owns two places in Palm Beach. <laughs> Fine. He did <laughs> make an appearance. Both very, both very close to Worth Avenue, so. At least he made an appearance once at the Regency, and Harry, I have to thank for my picture with, remember I told you how excited I was for my picture with Tom and Harry, and you're like, yeah. I could have got you, you're like, I could have got you this fucking picture within within a minute. I'm like, well, well, you weren't I, there? I was like, actually was supposed there? to meet Tom at the Regency that night, but I think I was just too tired, and I'm just like, oh, I can't. I mean, you know, you, I just go there all the time, so I don't need to be there seven days a week. But Tom, usually because right. Tom's not in town so much now. I mean, he still, right. has his place. he still has his gorgeous, gorgeous penthouse in the Upper East Side. And there's a beautiful apartment. It's like my favorite apartment in New York. I also helped him decorate it. Um, but, yeah, he he was in town, which he's not in town so much now. But I ended up not going that night. Fine. Um, Guess now that you have entertained me, thank you very much for answering all my questions about you and Tom out in the town. We can now talk about what you've asked to talk about, dating and quarantine. Now, what makes you want to talk about that? Are you rubbing my singleness in my face? No, it's because I've been talking to you a lot on the phone, and you're at home alone, and I have so many other friends alone in New York City in their apartments. I also have a daughter who's 30 and single, and, you know, it's it's an interesting concept to think, like, what is dating going to be like in the time of corona? So... I've been reading up on it, and it's um, quite fascinating, actually, about Tinder, Bumble, and and the other dating apps, what they're doing. Why? So now the um, the new the new thing is video dating. So this is what I understand is that people now are you know texting, and instead of meeting, they're you know having a FaceTime or a video chat, and then the guy is sending food to the girl and they eat together on the over video chat. So that's the way of having dinner now, or obviously having drinks over video chat. But I wonder what's going to happen then, you know, when we have this respite during the summer, but then people still are going to really have to social distance and have masks on and gloves and six feet apart. So how does that affect the landscape of dating for single people? Well, it's very funny you mention all of this because I have a friend who's single. She is, I went to high school with her and she was, the other day we were chatting um, on house party. We have to house party if you haven't house party yet. Yes. It's fine. Yeah. Um, it. So we're like keeping it, we're, we're keeping it in with the kids. We were like, we like know what's going on. Um, although house party could be out. I don't fucking know. Um, but she was like, cause she's single and she's like, what the fuck are we going to do when we get out? Like, are we just never going to hook up again? And I'm like, huh. And then I started telling you this the other day, you know, like, am I never like, am I going to have to fucking take a boyfriend, which I'm not opposed to, but can I ever like mama needs some eventually, this is yes, the that, that's the that other bit. thing. So if people are just dating virtually, then how does that aspect work? I mean, uh, I think this is my opinion, and this is also what I've been reading online, that, yes. I mean, life isn't going to be back to normal, really 100% back to normal until about 2022. I think if there's a cure found that it could be in a year, you know, a little over the, a year from now, I think between now and then, it's going to be extraordinarily difficult for people um, to date. I mean, people don't want to be close to people physically. And also, where are you going to meet these people? Let's talk about that. I mean, you're not going to meet them at a bar because bars aren't going to be open. You're going to be six feet away from people in a restaurant, not being able to talk, chat with them and wearing a mask and gloves, which is so weird. And so people are not going to have big parties. There's not going to be concerts. There's not going to be all these events going on that, you know, as New Yorkers, I mean, my God, I mean, we go to you know, could go to three to five parties in one night and meet, Obviously. you know, tons of people. So I just wonder how this changes the landscape of dating. So I kind of think that it's going to be extraordinarily difficult for the next year for single people. I, I think, what, what do you think, David? Well, are you asking me because I'm a single girl? Yeah, I, mean, I want to know. I mean, you must have thought about it. 
I mean, yeah, listen, I feel that, listen, I don't know where you fucking meet anyone anyway. I mean, I meet 8,000 people a day because of what I do oh. out and about. I mean, I'm out like every fucking night, you know, oh. but uh, first of all, those apps, I feel suck even in the real world, like Tinder oh, and all that. Yeah, I, I've yeah. like, I've deleted them all. They all suck. Um, I, that's a good question. I don't know. I do think you're right. People are going to social distance Uh and you're not going to meet them. And Uh people, I just think like, to me, there's a heightened, like awareness of like, you're not going to want to really go home and hook up with someone as. Yeah, I don't. Yeah. I was just saying that too. I think this kind of makes the one night stay an obsolete for the next year. Don't tell me. A year. A year is not an option. I think it's going to be a year. So I think that it'll be interesting to see how it morphs into it's the different things will morph about the dating. I mean, I just, I don't think it's going to be conducive to having a serious relationship for anybody. Cause I think what's going to happen is people are going to virtually date and do their virtual happy hour, maybe meet in a park six feet apart. Cause also how do you date? You're not going to go to dinner because restaurant, probably most restaurants are going to be open. And oh the few that are going to be open, that are going to be at 30 to 50% capacity. How hard is it going to be to get a, to get a reservation there? I mean, think about that. I mean, New York City is a densely populated city with a lot of people that love to go out 24-7. So if you've got fewer restaurants, less capacity, getting a restaurant reservation is going to be, like, you know, ridiculous. So where are people doing this? Are they going to – I mean, this is going to be dating. You're going to meet somebody in a park and sit six feet apart. And then then it's just not conducive to having, like, a real relationship, in my opinion. But, okay, so two things. First of all, I'm friends with Anna Rothschild, so she can get me into any fucking restaurant that I personally want to go to <laughs> because for a lot of reasons. So I, I don't need to worry about that. Thank you very much. But I, I was thinking the opposite. I was thinking, like, people are not going to be able want to go home with everybody. Well, I mean, you still want to, but you might not. That you <laughs> might, might actually... Give, yeah, I'm like a dirty old slut sometimes, but you might want to like give people a chance now. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. I think it might be more like old school. Like, I feel like all of this like virtual dating now is like you're actually getting to know someone on the and on like I'm still speaking, you know, not me, but like you could still be speaking to the same person now seven weeks into this and mm-hmm. there's no sex. So like now you've had like seven like virtual dates with someone and you're kind of like oh my God, I'm falling for this guy over Skype because like, we're really getting to like talk. Now well, I'm not doing I this. I tried to I do this mean. and apparently nobody fucking wants to do this. So now no, everyone can fuck yeah. off and I'll just keep working. But yeah. go on. But also what I was reading today was about, I think it was in the Huffington Post or uh, New York Times because they, they've all done articles about it now, um, about how then people are going to meet in person and not have the chemistry. So all this chatting and, and, you know, virtual drinks and this, that, and the other, how does that translate into the real real world of, you know, people really functioning in the real world together? So they're saying about how that's going to be a big waste of time, right. and then people are going to meet and then not really hit it off. So there's, But, like, can't you else. see someone, like, when you're talking, like, stand up, lift up your shirt, let me see what's there. Like, I mean, can't you tell if you have chemistry with someone virtually? I mean, I would think you could. I don't know. Because I think also going out on a date, you see how people interact with other people. Too. Yeah. How do, they, how do they act in the real world? And just then just talking on a phone. I mean, I think there's so many different aspects of dating and maybe just meeting someone virtually isn't, I don't know. I, I, I think that it's an unknown situation that's going to be interesting to see how, how the chips fall. I think it's fascinating. It's a new world. It, listen, it is fascinating. I really, no, I mean, so you're right. I agree. Cause like if you're talking to someone and it's great and then you're sitting there on a date, right? Like now you're meeting someone in person. So when I'm sitting there and you're now 45 fucking minutes late, but you weren't at, and sitting at home, yes, now this is yeah. a no starter. So it's like little right. things like that. Or like to your point, like someone comes over to give us our drinks and you were just rude to the wait staff. Well, now I'm fucking turned yeah. off. So you're right. That's, yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of it's things like, which, you know, meeting people in person and seeing how they interact, you know, in real life is is a, a very different ballgame, in my opinion. But yeah, um, yeah, I think, you know, you should Google it and read up on it. It's fascinating. Also, the new things that Tinder and Bumble and other dating sites are going to add video chatting and things to their, you know, because obviously they're trying to, you know, increase their revenue stream. So <laughs> they're thinking of all kinds of things to do right now. 
as is everybody. So interesting. No, I mean, listen, I think it's, I was literally just talking about this the other day. I think it's very interesting. I thought the only thing that may be in someone's favor is that people are going to want to hone in on like not as many people. So maybe, just maybe, New York will become like a smaller town, like in the smaller towns in the world where you don't have as many options and everyone seems to get married there there because there's not as many options maybe we'll like new york and la and these bigger cities will kind of start to like like we, we don't give anyone a fucking chance here i think what's gonna happen is a lot of people are gonna withdraw from dating i mean most of the people oh. i've talked about they're just like i'm not even gonna bother until things are back to normal so i think you also have those people that are actually way to let's say you got 50 percent of people that are gonna be way too scared to date because yeah. they don't want to get a virus and yeah. want to be close to people they don't know. And I mean, think about like in New York City, we're also very social and we've got, we have so many friends. I mean, I have so many friends, I don't even ever have time to see all of them. So Here's then you've life. got that and then you want to introduce a new person um, that you don't know and the possibility of getting a virus and you don't know where this person's been or what. I mean, you're meeting some random person off the internet. You got that, you have that going on too. Uh, I don't know. I think you and I meet most of our people, you know, going out socially, being at the Regency, being yeah. at Bilbo K, you know, going to all the events that we go to. And that's all that stuff is also going to be kind of at a standstill. And I think the online dating situation yeah. is definitely going to be a different landscape. So I'm going to have to read up on this because I think you're right. Yeah, you're right. And like to the other to your point, if you bring someone around, your friends are going to be like, uh, who the fuck is this, and why are you bringing some fucking stranger? Like, correct. Yes, correct. I know you're yeah. staying home. I know you live in Greenwich. You're getting in your car. Like, who the hell is this? Yeah. I don't know where they've been this week, and why are they at our fucking dinner table? Get them the hell out of here. That's going to happen. I, mean, I really think that even once they start opening the country, people are going to be very cautious and massively social distancing. I mean, there are going to be no big events. And yeah, I think it changes. I think it changes everything. But it will be interesting to see what it morphs into. I'm, I, I'm quite interested. Well, I will keep you posted on my dating life uh, as, <laughs> as we get out. And that's just more of a reason, Anna, why we should just go to the Regency every night. Because we know it's going to be me and you and Harry and Tom when he's in town and Rob. And it's going to be all in Cat. It's going to be all the regulars. So it's really the Regency. We is love just Cat. Oh, my God. Kat. We yes. love Cat. Yes. I can't wait for her to come back. Even she's like, I'm not coming back to New York anytime soon. So, yeah, that's another thing. How many people are going to want to be in New York City? There's also an article that was written that it's a mass exodus from New York City, too that a lot of people have just moved out permanently and they never want to move back. I mean, don't forget, this is now oh the epicenter God. of the virus worldwide. So a lot of people have left and are not going to come back. So think about this. Real estate prices are going to plummet. <laughs> so <laughs> like, I think so. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I think so. Oh, my God. Listen, you have to come back on. The next time you come back on, you know what? We're going to talk about, we don't even have to, the next time is going to be even better for you. We're not going to have to talk about Tom. We've already talked about it. Hey, maybe next time I come back on with Tom. Maybe we could do that. Uh, uh, would you like to do it, like, within an hour? I'm like, you like telling me. <laughs> you tell me. Well, I would have to talk to him about it. So, yeah. Yeah. And, and he may or may not say yes. Who knows? But. Try to make that happen. We don't have to talk. We're not going to talk about anything. Bravo. It's fine. Just bring him on and we'll have some fun. Now, where can we find you online? Uh, my website is a Rothschild, a Rothschildco.com. Gosh, what, where's my brain today? Yeah. www.arothschildco.com. Um, you can send me an email if you're interested in some PR. And on Instagram? Instagram, I'm a Rothschild PR. I love it. Also, and under my name, Anna Rothschild, I'm very easy to find. You're very easy to find. You really are the best PR person that I know out there. And I'm not just saying that. Thanks. Like, now you'll be doing my PR very soon because when we get out of here, we have a lot of things we need to accomplish. Yeah. Oh my God, that was amazing. Anna, <laughs> you will text me. We're going to be in together. So you can text me. I really appreciate you coming on. Thank you for humoring me with all of my Tom questions. You're a good sport. Yeah. Um, I never knew you got in a fight with Ramona, but thank you. You're amazing. Everyone that wants thank any you. PR, and I recommend PR for everyone, this is your girl. And text me later.
Thank you. Call you later. Love you. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to yet another episode of Behind the Velvet Rope. Because without you listeners, I would just be a crazy person with voices in my head. And if you like what you hear, subscribe, subscribe, subscribe on Apple Podcasts under Behind the Velvet Rope. And when you're done subscribing, feel free to leave a five-star write-up review because the write-up reviews actually count. We read each and every one of them. We post the best ones and the reviews really help our shows keep going. And we really appreciate everything you guys say, especially the positive ones. And if you want to find us online, we're at Behind Velvet Rope on Instagram. We are at David Yontef on Instagram. We're behind the Velvet Rope on Apple Podcasts. Or head on over to Patreon. Because you know what? There are just some things we can't talk about here. So for our bonus episodes, go to Patreon and type in Behind the Velvet Rope. And if you still aren't sick of me and you want more David, go to Cameo and book me on Cameo. And you can ask me anything there. I'll answer whatever you want. And I have a bargain basement price of $10. Thank you guys. See you soon.